there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Yeah, I was going to ask the doctor as we start this, this, this edition of Advanced Medicine, Medical Rewind, with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Had you been on a golf cart with your buddy Ty Bollinger recently? Because you've been hobbled. What's going on? I have not been on any golf cart with Ty Bollinger, <laughs> and I would not do that again. I was thinking paybacks because he was the one that flew off last time. It would be your turn. You go make sure you, you like grease your side of the of the golf cart or something. Right. No, that that was Ty. Really did. I mean, he took a he took a beating on that uh, on that fall. Yeah, incredible. But again, you're up. You you went for a run. You're ready to go. Your mind is clear, and this is going to be the best advanced medicine ever. Oh yeah. I mean, basically, uh, I don't. Did we even talk about? We didn't talk about this in the air a couple of weeks. No, ago, we haven't we? yet. We have not. No. Uh, people don't need to know that personal, personal <laughs> coordination. They, they, they love to hear how uh, uh, well human you are. <laughs> <laughs> how uncoordinated an individualism can land square on their rear end on asphalt. No, we won't go into Good, well. That, if but. you you know if you don't admit it, of course Ty is going to make sure everybody knows it. So you might as well. You Robert, now everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, I goofed. Sorry about that. But you're on the man. That's the good news. And we're glad to have you on board, especially with a story as big as this. Uh, an MIT researcher. Now, you know, these are one of these egghead research institutions, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And she's a research scientist. I forget in which field. We're going to see. She's uh let's see, research scientist. She said that at today's rate, this is the way she phrases it, Half of all U.S. children will be autistic or diagnosed with some form of autism by the year 2025. Well, if you look at the data from 1991, where the incidence of autism was 1 in 10,000, and then you look at it now, which is our 2013 data, which I believe was 1 out of uh, 54 or something like that. It's less than 1 out of 60. It's really not a very... Uh, large leap to come to that conclusion. In fact, I would think mm. that it would have been by 2020 if we keep the same rate up, we should be pr- right. pretty much you know close to that. But 2025, it seems about about the same. It's not surprising at all because nobody's really addressing the issue, which is the toxicity. Right. No matter how much mm-hmm. myself or you know a couple of other people that understand what the issue is and dealing with it and removing the toxins, there's no way that the, the amount of toxicity can be stemmed because it, it's ongoing. I mean, it's like we're a yeah. drop in an ocean. And mm-hmm. the biggest problem is it's an accumulation, as we've talked about before, that mercury is the only thing that causes the denudation of the neurofibrils. And there are many other metals, for example, antimony, arsenic, tin, and nickel will always be there. But then when this starts coming down, then the mercury comes out. Lead's always present. But these things don't cause a denudation. And in the uh, my, my uh, philosophy of the seven toxicities, the metals are the first, the persistent organic pollutants are the second. And mm-hmm. we go into all the different toxicities. The sixth one is is foods. And it's not what types of foods that we eat, but rather what we do to food, the genetic modification, the pasteurization, homogenization, etc. And this is what Dr. Sneff is really talking about. She's talking about the genetic modification of foods in her study. I think that's where this whole thing came. She she basically takes on Monsanto and is talking about the effects of certain chemicals, specifically some of the weed killers that they use, the Roundup and the, the glyphosate. 
Exactly. Um, Dr. Batar, she, uh, just, just so you know, and I want everybody else to hear this as well, because it's going to become increasingly hard to attack the folks like us that we've been saying this for many years as more people from their side go, go, go look at this and go, wait a second, there's a real problem here. This woman got a BS degree in biophysics back in 1968, an MS and an EE degree in electrical engineering in 80, 1980, has a PhD in electrical engineering and computer science in 1985, all from MIT. Recent years, she's focused on biology. And she, you know, again, she's got a lot of credentials. I guess the only thing they could say is, well, she's not credentials in this specific area. But they keep throwing that. That's going to fall on deafer and deafer ears as the obviousness of this disaster that is our embracing of toxic heavy metals via injection. And, of course, the compounding fact that you just re- referenced. We corrupt our food supply. We destroy our intestinal integrity, that lining, that gut lining that protects us from consumption of these things. Right. We're not talking injection at this point, but it's only exacerbating. I think what we're seeing here with the GMOs, it's it's only going to accelerate what we've already seen for many years. Absolutely, Robert. In fact, she talks about the the key factors being mineral deficiencies, seizures and mitochondrial uh, disorders or mitochondrial dysfunction. And here's the thing. We've talked about this mineral deficiencies. There is a relative mineral deficiency that takes place when you've got a metal toxicity, meaning that the metals displace the essential minerals. So not only do you have a toxicity effect from the metals, you have actually three different ways that the metals affect you. One is the oxidative stress aspect that everybody knows that's a, to- that's a toxic uh, nature of the metals. But then you've got secondary issues, which are one, uh, the, the second one is uh, mineral deficiencies or relative mineral def- deficiencies, and then the third one is allergenicity. So that second one out of the three, everybody understands the oxidative injury aspect, the free radical damage aspect, the rusting process aspect, everybody gets that. But the second and third one, very few people really understand or even address it. And that second one is that mineral deficiency, the relative mineral deficiency that the metals create by displacing these essential minerals that act as enzymatic cofactors necessary for the metabolic process to work. So when these metals displace the minerals, now you have what I call a relative mineral deficiency because you may have enough minerals in your body, but it's relatively a deficiency because it's displaced them from the place where they're supposed to be and the metals replace it. So that's one reason it's so important to pull the metals out. And then, of course, the allergenicity aspect. Well, that's one part of it. But when you get the metals in the system, in, in, inside, when you get the metals inside these uh, enzymatic pathways, well, where are these enzymatic pathways taking place? Where are these cofactors essential for those metabolic processes? It's within the cell. And the respiratory center of the cell is the mitochondria. And this is what they're talking about. They say mitochondrial disorders, which is mitochondrial dysfunction. In fact, you probably remember the two or three cases of the vaccine injury that was compensated by the Vaccine Injury Board. They called them rare mitochondrial disorders mm-hmm. or rare, rare mitochondrial dysfunctions. And you remember about two years ago, we talked about this, where I said every one of these kids has a mitochondrial dysfunction. It's not rare at all because the metals are causing that mitochondrial right. dysfunction. And then she says seizure disorders. Well, again, seizures are the same thing. That's a secondary sequela to the primary problem of toxicity. So everything that they're really talking about, it all comes back. It all gets traced back to the mercury aspect. She's kind of missed the point a little bit. I mean, they're talking about the uh, the glyphosates and and the GMO mm-hmm. aspect and that she's absolutely right but that's not the the actual um, that's not the actual 
spark that caused the fire that right. caused the damage. That's part of the fire, but it's not the spark that initiated the fire. Well, yeah, let's say I, it this way, Dr. Batar. If we weren't dealing with a mercury toxicity issue first and we were introducing all of these other toxic poisons, I don't think we would be seeing autism at this rate, right? There would be some that are susceptible, but you talk about the metal toxicity and oxidative stress as well as the, re- the replacement, if you will, or the d- displacement, I should say. And I, again, I want to reiterate that so people don't hear it and go, wait, what was that he said? Uh, this yeah, is that's important... a very, very good point, and that's exactly what I'm saying, that it is not the, – there's no panacea, okay? If you say um, we're, we've got this issue with autism and it's mercury-related and we remove the mercury in 100% of the kids completely, does that mean that 100% of the kids are going to recover? No, that doesn't mean that 100% of the kids are going to recover. Maybe 85 90% of them will recover, but they will be the 15 10%, 15% that where the damage that was done to the forest from that napalm is so extensive that other things need to be also done. Just removing the poison, yes. it's so mm-hmm. significant that just by removing the poison, 85% of the kids are going to get better. But in 15% of the cases, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be more things that need to be done. So when, mm-hmm. when we're talking about this type of a situation, yes, it is certainly contributing to the problem, but it is not the causation. It is not the trigger that initiated the entire cascade. And if these people did not, if these children did not have mercury on board, then mm-hmm. all these other poisons that we're talking, specifically the GMO aspect and the resulting, I got um, the uh, the glyphosate uh, and uh, some of these other types of the, the fluoride hydrocarbons and the uh, organophosphates and all these other types of chemicals, they would still cause a problem, but not nearly to the same significance as when you've got it right. on board of physiology that's been con- contaminated with the heavy metals. So that's let, an let important me, me, to understand. Let, Yeah, let me bring up another aspect of this, too. In in my history, I've had folks that come to me for help that we've removed mercury or we've recommended that in their case it was appropriate, very appropriate to remove the mercury from their mouth. Some had been in a state of paralysis, some in wheelchairs. And in some cases, I know these personally, they have removed the mercury from their system and they've gotten up and walked again. All right. That's not just, oh, they got went to church and prayed and it was over. You've seen that at the advanced. Yes. And I've seen that that with you. Yes. With your and, and the point is in that that is the case. Now, this is not to say because it's not Dr. Batar saying, "Oh, yes, GMO foods are good." That is the last thing we want you to hear from this discussion. But it's an important distinction to make because we've also seen people that have gone off of GMOs and back onto organic clean foods see dramatic increases in health and vitality. So again, we're not arguing against that. And Robert, the point on, not to cut you off, but we've also seen people yeah. that have had mercury taken out of their mouths the wrong yeah. way and actually gotten got worse. a state of bad into a state of worsening That's because right. it wasn't taken out the right way. Right. And the point is mercury is the second most toxic substance that we know of. And it is not something to be playing or fooling around with. The point is it's the most devastating and, and immediate acting, depending on your body's ability to bind and excrete it better than others, which will determine you know, why some people will have the mercury removed and maybe they don't fully recover, like you said, in a certain percentage, because there are other factors that have to be addressed either in sequence or at the same time. And this particular study, it's important to understand because, again, you know, to say – well, this one toxicity is worse, or this other toxicity is worse. It doesn't matter because any toxicity is going to decrease the system's ability to function and will result in ultimate death prematurely if it's not addressed. So there is no such thing as this is the worst one and this is less worse, or this is you know less damaging. They're all damaging. The, it's almost like saying, how much of a spark do you need to cause a fire? You don't need much of a spark. A little match can cause a fire that will destroy hundreds and thousands of acres. So it's not the 
amount and it's not the type, it's the fact that there is toxicity. The fact is that the worst type as far as that causes rampant damage, most prolific damage, is the mercury. And these other things are like pouring gasoline on a fire and make everything way worse than it would have been. So had the mercury not been present, I think that you are absolutely correct that the vast majority of these children would not have shown nearly the same devastating uh, results as they have as we've witnessed so far. Yeah, and it's an important distinction to make when we talk about toxicological interaction with the environment at large, what things may be making things worse, what things may be the clincher that puts you over the edge, and then, again, what are the things that can bring you out of this state of disaster? We're going to talk about that. It's time for more advanced medicine here. We do this every week with Dr. Rasha Batar. You can also listen to the archives directly at medicalrewind.com. We have all of those links up in the show notes at robertscoutbell.com, including the international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. More with Dr. Batar after this break. The recovery begins. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. UK Health Radio. We got, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, of course, Epic Times and Jerry Doyle. There are no cheap seats here, no nosebleed section, and if there were, we've got remedies for you, no problem. Dr. Batar with me, of course, advanced medicine each week. And unless we, you know, leave our new listeners, listeners in fear because a story like that is horrific in predicting, an MIT scientist, that half of all kids in the United States will be diagnosed with autism by 2025, there are ways to prevent it, there are ways to reverse it, uh, Dr. Batar, you and I have been talking about this for so many years. We recognize that there are so many new listeners. We can't neg- we, we we can't overlook the new listener. You know, to say occasionally we got to drop back and say listen to the old shows, but also occasionally we'll pepper it in with some reminders. Right, right. Um, so that's a cue for me, I think, and I'm not sure what you want me to do. <laughs> cue the doctor. <laughs> um, so you're saying what can they do? Yeah, right. That- uh, for instance, they they need to get more vaccines than ever is that am i understanding you correctly yeah i know i know exactly what you're trying to herd me into and so (laughs) i will i will use the disclaimer that i cannot make a recommendation to somebody who's not my patients and i actually have had we've talked about this in the air with the last time i engaged with the medical board which we seem to have done quite frequently up until the last few years they've kind of left me alone for the last couple years but that was one of their big issues you know what do i tell my patients do i tell my patients that to abstain from vaccines and and I very accurately stated that I don't tell my patients to do anything. I educate my patients, and I let them come up with their own conclusions. Um, so on the air, this is what I would say. I can't tell you what to do, and um, mm-hmm. you know I'm not protected by the First Amendment like, well, probably none of us are protected by the First Amendment anymore, even if we have a First Amendment. But uh, the First Amendment freedom of speech should theoretically protect us from being able to say anything, Yet it does not, because if you're a licensed professional, you cannot say certain things unless uh, you want to bring the wrath of the powers that be upon you. So this is what I would say, and I will, mm-hmm. I will get the message across this way. My youngest son has had no vaccines and will never have any vaccines. My older son did have vaccines and was a vaccine injured and with the grace of God is 110% recovered. And mm-hmm. I do not 
and will not allow my own children or, you know, in the future grandchildren to have any vaccines. Now, what you decipher from that is your business, but that <laughs> yeah. is, you know, I'm not the, sure the, what the very, to make very, of that. I'm not the, sure. Yeah, That's the not very really simple clear. message here is if you don't want to be yeah. part of those statistics that Robert just said about one out of two mm-hmm. having uh, an issue with autism in by 2025, you know, what are some of the things, I think, Robert, you'd mentioned you wanted me to say something, you know, from the book, but this isn't even from the book. Mm-hmm. This is just common sense. Don't sure. introduce something into your child that you don't know completely what it contains. And do yourself a favor and read and learn from the CDC itself using the Freedom of Information Act. You can get all the ingredients in these vaccines, and you can find out all the mutated human cell lines, the DNA addicts from mm-hmm. various uh, sources, the various strands of DNA that come from other species, rabbits and monkeys and pigs and chickens Mm -hmm. and dogs and this and that, and then all the other preservatives and the formaldehydes and the metals and all this other stuff, you determine whether you think that's smart to put into your child. Well said, well said. Degree of uh, higher education. You know, you, you don't have right. to be rocket. You don't have to be. A, you don't have to have a high school education to understand that uh, this is bad. I shouldn't be putting this yeah. in my child. That's Here, it. Here's here's a, a good way to add to this. If you read the ingredient list and you wouldn't drink it, don't inject it. Yeah. Okay. That, that and if you, that thing, right? <laughs> right. And if you if you reach the other conclusion, God help you because we can't. Right. Oh, I wouldn't drink it. But yeah, that's oh, I absolutely would inject that. Nothing we can do to help you. Right. So I I think that was as clear as anybody could say. it. And, you know, I'll tell you in um, in my book, Robert, not to plug the book again, because, you know, I actually haven't done that for many years. But it seems like I do seem recently I've been kind of plugging the book uh, by accident, not intentionally. But I will say this in the Mm -hmm. dietary section, in the in the supplements and and the nutrition section, I have a rule that I give people about nutrition. And that is that when you're eating something, look at the ingredients. If it's, if it's God-made, it's good. If it's man-made, it's madness. That's very simple. That's the first rule. But mm-hmm. if you're getting something from the store and has ingredients, it's combined with the different products and different components, read the ingredients, and if there are more than two substances in those ingredients that you don't know what they are, do not eat them. Do not eat that substance because you don't know if you if you know uh, if there's only two things that you don't know. Okay, you want to mm-hmm. risk it? Fine. Um, I'll read ingredients, and sometimes my wife will say, "Well, there's five things in here that I don't know." But I'll tell, her, "Okay, well, this is you know this is ethylene diamine tetracetic acid. Those four words that's EDTA. That's a preservative. That's what we inject into the body when we chelate. That's good. It's okay. Don't worry about it." You know, yeah, yeah there, like there are a few exceptions there. And by the way, you know, some neighbors dropped off. They were very nice. It's a holiday gift. One of it was like one of those liquid soaps. A hundred ingredients. If there were 50, there were a hundred. And none of them were pronounceable. That's not soap, folks. Don't use that on your body, much less the other things in your body. More advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar, the nine steps to keep the doctor away. We have it linked up in the show notes. Get it. We'll be back after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Skulls, I'm broadcasting. You're amazing. Oh, you are something else. Robert Scott Bell. Bell. He has both style and substance. Robert Scott Bell. 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 How much power do talk radio hosts really have? This is transformational, and it's awesome. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Oh, oh, breaking up the official stories wherever we go. 
Thinking of Liam Sheff. I hadn't heard from Liam in a while, but I think we'll get him on Friday, Dr. Batar. You haven't talked to him in a while, have you? I have not. Yeah, we'll see what kind of official stories he's busting up. He's been writing a lot about relationships, getting into controversial territory about the, the nature of relationships, which is pretty fascinating for folks. Uh, so, you know, we, we stretch out doing two hours a day, six days a week like I have to do. We go all over the place. Always fascinating with Liam, the consummate researcher that he is. Yeah, that would be interesting to read his, uh, his take on some of that. But, you know, that book, yeah. um, Official, official Stories. Stories. Yeah, you know. it's really a good book. Incredible. And, of course, the official stories of vaccination completely uh, uh, dismantling it every time we're on the air together. Uh, there's an interesting story here out of South Korea. Of, I know North Korea has been in the news and all of that, and Kim Jong-un and all that. I don't think he has anything to do with this. But in South Korea, they mandated in 2005 the varicella or chickenpox vaccine for infants uh, 12 to 15 months of age. And they got uh, the uh, compliance up to about 97 percent by 2011. And rather than seeing less or fewer cases of chicken pox, it actually increased from 22.6 cases per 100,000 in 06 to 71.6 cases per 100,000 in 2011. Almost a threefold increase. And <laughs> not surprising, but it is well, over threefold. What's surprising to me is that it's not higher than that. Well, yeah, they might be missing some of it. But you think about this, that the whole idea, you know, when we were growing up, chicken pox was just... A lot of these diseases, they're they're like, no, you you get through it, you get you're fine, you go on, you're stronger, you go. It's just like part of history. But now that part of history has been lost, and we assume that even chickenpox is deadly, so we must get shot for it. And of course, you still get it. And then we also see an increase in adult chickenpox, which they call shingles, as it remanifests in a different way in adulthood. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Oh, in the olden days, they'd go have a chickenpox party. People would go. Mm-hmm. And we get chickenpox, and everybody would go to the house to expose themselves so that they make sure that they build their immunity. And yes, of course, some people would get it, and most wouldn't, but they would all be exposed, and they'd all get that immunity, which is the whole purpose behind the vaccination program. Um, and and I think this is a good opportunity for me to at least take Robert and and mm-hmm. tell everybody that at no point have I said or Robert has said, and I'm speaking for you, Robert, whether you like it or not. Um, at no yes. point have either one of us said that we are against vaccinations. We are against the indiscriminate use of poisons in vaccines that actually suppress the immune system as opposed to the way the body is designed to do, which is to build its immunity, to, to actually build the immune system, to enhance it. And the mm-hmm. vaccines in the current state, instead of introducing something into your system to allow your body to form a natural uh, immunity to it based upon the design of the ultimate engineer the creator instead Mm -hmm. we put things in with the substance that we want to create the immunity for things that actually suppress the immune system as opposed to enhance it so the whole idea of a vaccination is to give a person a virus for example an attenuated virus or a dead virus body sees it builds an immune response so that the next time the body sees that actual virus you've already got the antibodies built up because it takes time for the antibodies to build up it may take a week 10 days 20 days whatever it is but in Mm -hmm. this particular case when we give vaccines the way we do it in modern society we have vaccinations with all these components in there i I was about to say a bad word and i knew that don would (laughs) thank you for holding off on that Uh, you know you like that the self-constraint there okay that was a uh, yeah good evidence of self-restraint well done so the bad things that are in the vaccines, the DNA mm-hmm. addicts and the formaldehydes and the metals and the uh, various strains of DNA from other species, all these things, let's just take formaldehyde and mercury, for example. Those substances 
they do not promote or enhance the immune system. They suppress the immune system. So if you're giving somebody an attenuated virus in order to create an immune response in their body, but now you give that substance that's supposed to create that immune response along with substances that inherently depress or suppress the immune system, then how can it work? And then you give it at a time when the immune system isn't even mature enough to respond, i.e. the first day on the planet. So it is not that we are against the concept of vaccination. We are against the stupid and... Abhorred. I mean, I don't even know dangerous. what the word is. It's dangerous like is a really is, evil word. Yeah, the, the, the bad way of doing this. this literally, mm-hmm. it's it's the they're using the whole concept of vaccinations against us. They're actually doing things, using it as a vehicle to poison society. And again, I'm, I may sound like yeah. a conspiracy theorist. I'm no, like no, no, a realist, realist, a realist, exactly. But the point is, vaccines. If given the way that they were meant to be given originally, I mean, if we just like the like the uh, chickenpox party, that's that's a vaccine. You're vaccinating your child. You're vaccinating yourself. You're introducing the, right. the individual into a situation where their body is going to build an immune response so that when God forbid they really need it, it'll already be there and ready to go. That's the whole yes. concept behind vaccinations, and that is a sound tactic. But mm-hmm. to add poisons and to do it at a time when the immune system can't even respond and further suppress the immune system. You know, you're inherently going against what you're trying to do. How can you say that I'm going to build a person's immune system by giving them something that's going to suppress the immune system? You don't ask that question. They can't answer that. Then they're going to throw mud at you and yell at you and, and do ad hominem. That's all they got left. You know, I don't remember the last time I went out and protested antibodies. I've never done that. You know, the whole idea is they're good. We like them. But the way they're trying to elicit them is devastating to the body. Last hour before you were on, Dr. Batar, I was talking about, uh, you know, three children that tragically died, they claim, of complications of the flu up in Minnesota. And on one hand, they acknowledged that there were uh, mitigating health issues with some of these children. One of the children may have been super strong, as they like to say, well, maybe too healthy because they overreacted to the flu. They talk about cytokine storms, flooding the lungs, things like that, but they neglect to mention the enhancement of the pathways of elimination that may also be corrupted in a healthy child because there are children that can overcompensate. They're still vital. Their immune systems are rocking. They get a vaccine and either they're, they're weakened by it. Ultimately, they all, always are, or they overreact to it, which is why they throw these antigens in adjuvants in to overstimulate the uh, immune system like aluminum and squalene and different things that they're throwing in there and and that they're arguing that this this vaccine thing is still good yet they admit that they're devastating the immune system it, it's just a bizarre concept but when you step back and look at it you're like well they're, they're telling you everything that they're doing to you and, and and that's exactly right they're telling you and that's where the responsibility of the parent comes in that you listen to what they're saying you mm-hmm. understand what they're saying do not rely upon your doctor or Robert Scott Bell or me or anybody else for that matter, don't listen to, just because this is our opinion, we're trying to guide you. So take what we're saying, take what everybody else is saying, take what you're reading, take what the uh, advertisements on television are saying, and do your own homework. Use your brain, because God gave you a brain for a reason. Be judicious in your thought process, and then come up with your own uh, determination of what you should be doing because you are the ultimate responsible party for your children not the mm-hmm. government not the doctors not us it's you the pediatrician is only there to guide you the doctor is only there to guide you in a way we're only there to guide you then take that information and then come up with your own conclusion if it doesn't 
appeal to your own intellect, then you have to question the validity of the information that you're being fed. And when you see right. a commercial on TV that they say, um, they, they talk about some type of a treatment for, you know, depression, and then they're showing a person frolicking on the beach with their spouse, and they're talking about the side effects of death and suicide and blah, blah, blah. Or you've called the pharmacy to find out if they carry um, uh, a certain type of uh, dish detergent or whatever, and you hear the prompt on the message, you know, we now give flu shots, and come in to get your flu shots. So you go to the airport to catch a flight and see a kiosk where they're giving vaccines. You have to start asking yourself, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, does any of this make sense? I mean, do you remember, Robert, when you were, you know, in your adolescence or when you were in your 20s, do you remember seeing, or even in your 30s for that matter, do you remember seeing 10 years ago people getting vaccines for the flu in uh, kiosks at the airport or in the grocery food stores or in the pharmacies when you go in to get a, pick up a prescription? Do you, you know, I don't ever remember that 10 years ago. Well, I was still in diapers then, but uh, no, I don't remember that either. It didn't happen. You know, I, I don't remember all of these scares. I do remember learning about in the seventies the swine flu scare that turned into the, the you know the devastating reality that it was the swine flu shot that was rushed into production that caused the illnesses, ailments, and deaths. And that was something I always remembered, even though I wasn't raised holistically and I had to go through a lot uh, to, to unlearn a lot of the bad things. But yeah, there were certainly warning signs along the way. But the people, you know, are often still the sheeple, although we are seeing evidence of a lot of wake up. We're, we're about to go into a, a new year. The 2015 year is starting up. This is the, the last Advanced Medicine Monday show of 2014, uh, which is you know exciting. We're moving into another year. But I, I see evidence of a lot of shift, a lot of change, the things we've been talking about over the years. Still, many things are lingering. Many people are still Robert, being injured, you know, we, many we, children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but you know, you, we've talked yeah. about this awakening and that you know, people are becoming more awake. But listen to, yeah. listen to what you just said and think about this. If you look back at the H1N1 scare that took place four years ago and you start reviewing all the information there, the reason that we didn't have the 60 million deaths in America and and mass deaths throughout the world from the H1N1 is actually because of the universal consciousness increasing and people becoming more aware. Because if people had indiscriminately allowed themselves to get vaccinated for the H1N1, we would have had those statistics come to fruition when Obama had said that we will have uh, 20% of the United States population will die from H1N1 and they had projected 60 million deaths and people laughed about it in the news, but people refused to take the H1N1 vaccine in mass protests in all in different countries, in Germany, in the UK, here in the US, the media never covered it, but there were two cases that went all the way to the Supreme Court brought on by nursing associations, one in Washington state and one in New York, where the nursing associations said that it was unconstitutional for them to be forced to take the H1N1 shot, and they both prevailed. They both won. The media never covered it, but the point is, if people had taken the H1N1 the way it was recommended, we would have had those mass deaths. So the only reason we didn't is because of people becoming more aware. Mm-hmm. And so yes. what we've talked about that people are becoming more aware, it's, already, it's not only happening, it's already happened. We already have conclusive proof from the 2010-2011 time frame for the H1N1 it was mm-hmm. people's own tenacity and their own reliance, self-reliance, the power to heal is yours. That whole component, yeah. they took on themselves and they looked at the information and people refused to take the H1N1 and that's why we didn't have all those deaths. Right, and despite the, con- the continued media focus on it, H3N2 is not scaring folks either. 
Uh, so we're going to continue to do what we do as well and even counteract the propaganda related to things like Ebola. Yeah, in 2015, we'll see if that makes a comeback. Stick around. We've got a major league moment of you know what coming up. What does Dr. Batar think about what the government agency is saying next? The revolution will be broadcast. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Unless y'all think we're too hard on our federal agencies, you know, they're only here to protect you. They're only here to help you. They want to keep you well and, and get you well and prevent you from getting sick. We know we can rely on certain agencies for just stellar science. And you just wonder who paid for it, though. And you hope it ain't you. <laughs> because it leads to today's moment of duh. What are you people? On dope? <laughs> Amalgamated Association of Morons. Local 6 and 7 8. You're crazy! What is your major malfunction? Yes, today's moment of dub brought to you by that wonderful organization in Atlanta called the CDC, Centers for Disease Creation and Promotion. Wait, I said that wrong. But do you know, Dr. Batar, they have come up with a health tip. They say this. Too much. Stand, are you sitting down? Or are you standing up? <laughs> too much alcohol can cause problems. Hmm. <laughs> That's what they found out. And they were, they're warning everybody. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I mean, you know, it's. I don't know. They, they should be like a. They should be like a stupidity factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, war, there should be a stupidity factor meter, yeah. and then every time a study like this is done and, and tax money goes towards one of these types of studies, yeah. they should actually deduct a salary from the people that were that basically approved a study like that to be done. They should deduct from them. Right. That, you know, now you're talking more common sense. So yes, they, they say that it could increase your risk of high blood pressure, uh, cancer risk, risk of problems affecting memory, depression, anxiety. Uh, I like the one billboard. Super Don brought this to my attention. There was actually a bar somewhere, like a saloon, that had a big billboard advertising its its business, and it's, it says, "Warning: Alcohol can increase your risk of pregnancy." Alcohol can? Yeah. That's another interesting thing. I guess um... <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of lowers your. Uh, no, you're not. No, no. I, you don't say no as much. I think that was the point of. That. Yeah, I was going to say you pretty much you can ask any college student that. Uh, or any, uh... <laughs> the CDC <laughs> didn't mention that one that. though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we got to have a little levity here. But, yeah, it is absurd that, uh, you know, multi-billion-dollar federal agencies reminding us that alcohol may be a problem. Maybe. Not sure. Could be. Anyway, but, you know, these agencies, they are aware of everything you do, particularly if you're involved and have signed up for Obamacare. And, Dr. Batar, you, you know, we got a couple of minutes left, but you had sent this to me. There's 35, is that right, 35 government agencies that will have free, unfettered access to your medical records through Obamacare. Yep, uh, that's exactly right. And if you're, if that does not concern you, it should. I mean, I, the thing is, why if you're not concerned about it, why not just everybody you meet on the street, hey, look, here's my medical record, check it out, look at this, right? I mean, you, it, basically, 35 federal agencies. I'm worried that one has them, not much less 35, and what they're what they'll do with them. Well, that's the exact question. What are they going to do with this information? Why do they need it? And you know that they're going to use it to uh, 
basically separate people based upon certain conditions that they have. And for people like you and me, Robert, of course, we're already out there opening our big mouths and getting ourselves into more and more hot water, but we will be singled (laughs) out as dissidents because we didn't get our children vaccinated, and we will be separated and put into um, confined areas. Uh, What do they call them? Um, There's a term for it. Yeah, no, not gonna, not going there. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no. Yeah, no, you no. don't want to go there, okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> basically, no, but... it's, they're gonna they're gonna basically single out people that are the 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 noisy, squeaky wheels from those mm-hmm. that aren't, and um, and that's how they're gonna basically contain people. That's what I believe. If, if well, that... which is why our message here is get vaccinated, take lots of drugs approved by the FDA. <laughs> are you trying to cause a distraction now so that nobody singles you out, Robert? Well, they won't know because we see we've just come out in favor of all of the medical interventions they can throw at you. <laughs> yeah, mom didn't raise no fool. Know. What's that? But my mom didn't raise no fool. That's right. That's right. You, but I, you know, the problem is she, you must be a little bit foolishness. There must be a little bit of foolishness here because you've only been doing this for what twenty years, and now if you mm. think that with one or two lines you're going to cause a distraction and throw them off your trail, you know that you got a lot more to be worried about then. Come on, they're bureaucrats. What do they know? It's powers point. of suggestion. That's a good point, you know. Right? Squirrel, the, squirrel, where's the squirrel? Yeah, well, it's it, these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, that's a good point. Very simple. Hey, Dr. Batar, another great episode. Go to medicalrewind.com if you missed it, it'll be there soon. Dr. Batar, I enjoy it. It's, I can't believe another year has gone by. Extraordinary things we're doing together. Almost 5 years now in another month and a half will be 5 years, Robert incredible all the links are up if you're new to this or dr batar just go to robertscottbell.com you'll find out more and in the meantime happy new year right happy new year robert happy and, new year john and matt and the power to heal is still yours the robert scott the bell robert show, scott bell show.